Good evening. This is Frances Hammond, your host of The Unexpected Detour. Today is December 15th, and I am coming to here to discuss funding. I find it very interesting about funding, how people have causes. They start these funds, but where is the money actually going? As you recall, I did an episode called The Double Standard Cause, and that one was about Black Lives Matter. And to find out that the money wasn't going to where it should go, but into the pockets of the people who started the organization. Well, lo and behold, I found out the same thing is for one breast cancer organization. And I was floored, floored to find out that 20% of their funds it only goes to breast cancer. And I'm sure you'll know which one it is. It's the Susan G. Gorman. I believe that's it. Yeah, Susan G. Gorman organization. 20% goes to breast cancer research and the rest goes into the pockets of the CEO. Now, you know that's really sad. And she started this because her sister died from breast cancer, the CEO. So there you have it again. You start an organization to raise funds and awareness to an issue only to cheat the other people who need it out of what you started your organization for. I don't get it. And I'll be honest with you, as a breast cancer survivor, even before I had breast cancer, never would give to that organization and I just didn't know why but now I know why after I did some research so I did I dug a little bit deeper because I wanted to know exactly how this funding is done so I'm reading and I saw these words and it reminded me of when I was doing life and when I had studied for my life insurance exam and the word mortality came in there. So, how it's done, when they do their funding and they get these grants for the research, it goes by the number of new cases, mortality years, so that means they're gonna go by how long a person can live with those certain diseases and how many people have died because of those certain diseases. And that's very interesting. That's why I said I sat there and my mind started going back to when I would do um, retirement things. And I had to divvy out the money for retirement. And I remember that mortality was there. So how long is the person going to live after being diagnosed with this disease? How many people are going to die from it? That's how that funding is done. And I thought that was nice. So, at the top of your list, you do have breast cancer. That is the number one. And that is because most women get it, and men. It gets the most funding. And that's why it's at the top of the list. Next, we have childhood cancer. Then, it was leukemia, lung cancer, colon rectal cancer, pancreatic cancer, liver bile duct cancers, brain cancers, and 
I didn't go any further because that was a lot, but most of the funds, they go to clinical trials, and that's where the funds go to. They give them to the clinical trials. So then I went a little bit further, and I went into, I can only go by the place where I had my treatment, which was Memorial Sloan Cataract. And I saw exactly how it's done. So they get a grant, and it's a certain amount of money, and these, these grants are not just given to them. They have to actually write for a grant, and they have to say what it's for, how it's going to be used. It's allocated to different departments, so you will have your doctors, your scientists, your research department, all these people are going to get a certain amount of money. And then your clinical trials. And this is where all this money is going to. But to find out that the most popular one out there that collects the money has breast cancer walks, is not doing their part, was very, very disheartening. Very. So then I went a little deeper and I said, let me see if I ever wanted to give to an organization which ones are doing what they're supposed to do. So then I came up with the organizations that they tell you, if you're going to give, give to these organizations. So one of them, the first one was called Live, Live Strong. That was the first one. The second one was the American Institute for Cancer Research. The next one was the Gilda Club, Cancer Support Community, and the American Cancer Society. So those were the top five at the top of the list telling you where you could give your money. And if you go and you research them, these places, you'll see how the funds are allocated. So Memorial Sloan Kettering, they show just where each amount goes to for what treatment it's going to go to. So that is how I really started. But it was just that, it's just so disheartening when people start these funds and the money is not really going to where you think it is. And it's like you're giving money to put in somebody else's pocket and they're not doing what they need to do with those funds. So you're using people and you're taking advantage of somebody's kindness. The only organization I didn't get a chance to look up was the Avon one because Avon does it too. Where they have these walks and they collect the money and prayerfully the money is being given to the places that it needs to be given to. And that is to um, breast cancer because they do this. And they're one of the other ones that do it, the, um, the fundraiser. So then I had to go a little bit further. And I wanted to look up the hospitals to go to. I wanted to see what hospitals would people go to, you know. Because I remember when I first started on my journey, I signed up for Cancer Care of America. And I don't recall if I talked about it in the beginning. When I, excuse me, when I signed up for it, 
and I went to see one of my doctors, and the first thing he said to me is, you don't want to go there. And he said, you don't want to go there because you've never heard of these doctors. That's number one. And number two, you have to travel to get there. That's another thing about that one, the Cancer Theater in America. You travel there, you pay for your hotel, you pay for food to eat, and you pay for parking. Now, that's one true time. Then you have to come back for treatment. I would think all that back and forth is a little bit toxic on somebody who is dealing with cancer. Mentally, emotionally, and physically, it's very, very toxic. So I'm glad I didn't go there, but they were more than happy to take me, especially since I had insurance. They were very happy. So I found these 10 hospitals. There were really more, but I'm going to give you the top 10 hospitals that were listed to go to for cancer. The first one was MD Anderson Cancer Center, located in Houston, Texas. The second one, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, which is located in New York, New Jersey. The Mayo Clinic, Phoenix, Arizona, Jacksonville, Florida, and Rochester, Minnesota. The fourth one, John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. Dana-Farber in Boston, Massachusetts. Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. UPMC Presbyterian Shadyside. Pittsburgh, PA. H. Lee Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. Massachusetts General Hospital, Boston, Massachusetts. And Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Chicago, Illinois. Those were the top 10 hospitals to go to if you have cancer and you want treatment. You know, so I suggest, you know, if you do have it or you're diagnosed, to do your research. Do your research seriously. And if you decide to give to any organizations before you write that check, do those walks, you better do your research and make sure the funds are going to where they say they're going to, because you would not want to find out that they're not going there. And then I was talking to somebody else, and I don't know what it was with her, but she was so annoyed with St. Jude's. That hospital that we see, and they always have the stars on there telling you to give money. Well, it seems like they're not holding up the standard either. You can go there, you can take your child there one time, but if it reoccurs, you're not going back there again. And I'm getting this information, not from just one person, but another person who had that experience with her friend and her kid had to go there. And when it came back, he couldn't come back anymore. So all these organizations, I'm sure when they started, they started for a very good reason. But then to find out that the money is there and you get greedy, 
if you're going to have an organization, if you're going to do what you say you're going to do, then you should do it. You should really do it because these are people's lives you're dealing with. Really. And it's not good. And then there's another thing. We have all these walks and like I said, I wanted to know why breast cancer was so popular. Excuse me. Well, I think we need to get all these other messages out here about all the other types of cancer. We really do. You know, we don't hear about it. Excuse me. But if we make some noise about it and you had all these walks and commercials, all these other things going on that you see them doing for breast cancer, they will be equally funded too. Because as life goes on, mortality rates seem to be getting lower, even though they have all this research going on. So, with my suggestion, I think we all need to come together and just stand up for cancer. No matter what type it is, we have to stand up for it. And we have to bring awareness to it. And like I said, my initial reason for starting a podcast was really based on my story. But I realized that there were other cancers out here and I was meeting more people with these different types of cancers that you never even knew existed. And that's why they has to bring awareness to all cancer. The funding has to be allocated the correct way. We have to get more research done for them. We have to be able to save lives. And if you're listening to my voice, and if you're a cancer survivor, and if you haven't gone out there, and you haven't raised awareness to your cancer, then you should, and not be embarrassed about it. It's more embarrassing to not say anything than to bring awareness to what you have, knowing that you had something that your life could, your your testimony could help somebody else's life. So I hope we all stand up for the cause and fight cancer. Have a good night.